Hello, friends. Paul here. Thanks for joining me for the Deeper Daily Podcast on this sixth day of October. We finish your work week today on this Friday, and we introduce the first story in the Gospel of Luke as we close out this week. It's a story that is important in understanding John the Baptist. It's not a story that is central to the gospel message, as in the death of Christ or the miraculous of Christ, but it is part of the gospel presentation of God intervening. That, that's what the gospel is, the proclamation that the kingdom is here, that God the king is here in his kingdom and can infiltrate your quote-unquote kingdom, not only the kingdoms of this earth, but of your own heart, And this story is that kind of story. It's God intervening in the lives of Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth and telling them that they're going to have a child. Over the course of this big first chapter, you're going to get, uh, and it is a big first chapter, 80 verses long. You're going to get the gamut, man. You're going to have this prophecy of John the Baptist Christ's prophecy to Mary. You're going to have the birth of John the Baptist. You're going to have, you won't have the birth of Christ until the beginning of the second chapter, but you're going to get Zachariah's entire story arc in this big first chapter. And there's going to be a lot that we get to say about it in regards to hearing from God, um, understanding prophecy, Maybe misunderstanding prophecy. I think there's a little bit of that in the Zechariah story as well. Let's read the text beginning in Luke chapter 1, and I want to cover uh, a few verses today. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Let's stop there and just explain a couple of things. This is when we say the days of Herod, this is Herod the Great, the original Herod, the Herod that you see in the time of Christ as at, at say, Christ's um, trial that we just covered, Mark. That would be this Herod's son. This is Herod the Great. History records his life as Uh, his reign, rather, as being from 37 B.C. to 4 B.C. This is why uh, a lot of scholars think that Jesus was born closer to 3 or 4 B.C. on our rendering than 0, which is an odd way of thinking about it. They don't ever have a 0 A.D. (laughs) We never never actually have a 0 A.D. We have a 1, which would make everything off anyway. Um, that's for another, that's for someone else to talk about, not me. I, I don't, I don't, uh, understand how they landed where they landed, knowing what the, the history is of say Herod the Great, knowing that he rules up until four BC. He's, he's, it's his days. And so we've got to assume it's at the end of his days as reigning, uh, over as the appointed King over the region of Judea appointed by the Romans. And this word, the division, the certain priest Zechariah of the division of Abijah is a, a word that comes to us from First Chronicles. If you like to study this on your own, you can go back to the 24th chapter of 1 Chronicles where they give the divisions of the priesthood. Now, when we talk about temple priesthood, we're talking about one temple. 
There wasn't multiple temples. There was only one temple. It was in Jerusalem on the far eastern side of the city on the Temple Mount. That Temple Mount is still there, but the temple has been gone since 70 AD. The temple was the the place of God's seat on the earth as far as Jews were concerned. It was the place, the only sanctioned place to perform animal sacrifice, by the way, was at the temple in Jerusalem. It was where the, the priest and the high priest conducted their business, and it was where the Day of Atonement was celebrated. It, but the priests that served the temple served it in a rotation. So if you were a priest in the priestly line, you didn't work in the temple every day. You might do other things. But your temple work was according to divisions. The division of Abijah was the eighth of 24 listed divisions. And each of those divisions ministered for an entire week twice a year. And so they went in a rotation and Zacharias belongs to the division of Abijah. That's the eighth division. His wife's also of the daughters of Aaron. That means they were marrying in their tribe, most married in tribe. So he of the priesthood would have been from the tribe of Levi. Her as one of the daughters of Aaron would have also been from the tribe of Levi. So he's marrying in tribe. And verse 6 says they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. This expression is common when you wanted to show that someone was pious, godly, and upright. It was not a statement that anyone would have taken to mean sinlessly perfect. So if you said someone was righteous and walked in the commandments and ordinances blameless, it didn't mean they'd never messed up. Saul of Tarsus, Paul calls Saul blameless. He says he was blameless before the law, and yet he persecuted the church. So we know that Paul wasn't naive. He didn't believe that he had not done anything wrong as Saul, but in the in his lifestyle, he was what they would call blameless. This is Zacharias and Elizabeth. So don't confuse when verse 6 says they were both righteous before God. Definitely you can take that to mean that there is a righteousness in the law, before the law, yes. But it is not the righteousness of faith, which Paul would point out. But also don't take it to mean that they were sinless. The problem with this relationship shows itself in verse 7. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. And well advanced in years means they're old and we don't know how old because there was no retirement age in the tribe of Levi. So if you were a priest, there was no cutoff day in Torah that said once you hit this age, you could never serve again. So with no retirement age, we can't be sure how old they were, but she was definitely, um, she had went through menopause and they had never had children. The expression that, um, or of their, of, of the fact that they didn't have children was a kind of a way for the narration. If you've ever read the old Testament, it's the way for the narrator to tell you that they're pretty disappointed because children were considered a reward for faithful service. And so it's into this. That, the, that Luke begins his presentation of the gospel. And I want you to think about this before we start tomorrow's podcast. And we'll tell you about the sermon you can look for on Sunday as well. But I want you to think about all the barren women throughout the Old Testament 
and how the New Testament book of Luke opens with the story of yet another barren woman. And then I want you to ask yourself, how many stories of barren women are there after this? And that will help you to understand the importance of what's about to happen. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.